0: I want you to be able to run for years and years until you are old and gray and shuffling across the finish line with your girlfriends. I want you to be able to have running dates and go to wild exotic locations with your friends and, and just live a big full life instead of sitting in a park feeding birds from a wheelchair when you're old. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I am your hostess, Kim Peek. I am a running coach who is a movement and mindset strategist. What that means is that I help people maximize their potential through the use of movement, mindset, journaling, and one-on-one coaching so that they can live Big, bold, adventure-filled lives. I want you to have a life full of joy and positivity so that you have the courage and confidence to go after whatever dreams are in your heart. Training for a race or even just getting started as a runner can get complicated. Besides all the things going on with your plan, there are a lot of thoughts that pop up that you need to address in some way. I believe That the piece that is missing from most run coaching plans is the mindset piece, which is not just about how to deal with the hard stuff on race day, but is also about how to create the tiny habits necessary to train consistently day after day. It is also about learning how to think like top performers in every field. These are the thought processes and behaviors that can also carry over to your parenting, how you lead your team at work, or even how you interact as a volunteer for your kids' activities. Whether you're training with me or working alone, one tool that I've mentioned before is to keep a journal. Your journal can be your best friend throughout your training process. Do you know that feeling when you scroll through Instagram and you see everyone's photos of the weekend, or their daughter's voice recital, or their child's scholarships and academic awards? and you get a little jealous, and maybe you start to feel inadequate? You've probably heard the saying, don't compare your behind-the-scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. What we see on social media is the highlight reel. Rarely do you see people airing their dirty laundry on social media, right? Well, your journal is your own highlight reel, and it's the place where you share your hopes and dreams, and also the negative thoughts and fears that pop up too. But it also serves as that highlight reel. It's the place that you can see the unconditional love that you give yourself. And and here's what I mean by that. Your journal is a record of all the training you've done and the thoughts you've had and the thoughts you've worked through. And it's your proof that you do have what it takes to be successful. Your journal is the evidence that you use when You use some of the strategies that I've mentioned in previous podcasts. So if you're working toward a goal and you want to use your I am statement to think about who you want to be in the future, you would use the things you've jotted down in your journal as evidence that what you want is possible. If your I am statement is I am a Boston marathon qualifier and you haven't yet qualified for Boston, but it's something that you want to do, then Part of the way you live your life is going to be to take on some of those habits that a Boston qualified runner would exhibit. So you use your journal to back up those thoughts. And it might sound like this. I am a Boston qualifier because I train like elite athletes do. I focus on either running strength or recovery every day. I complete my training runs strong. I get eight hours or more of sleep each night. And I take care of aches and pains by seeing my sports doctor or a massage therapist or foam rolling. And you could go on and on with whatever habits you believe are important to get to that goal. And so you would use your journal to record your actions and your thought patterns that of all the things that you're doing. So that you are able to reinforce that this huge challenge that you want to take on is possible. This week's topic is critical conversations you should have with your running coach. First off, do you need a running coach? That is entirely up to you. But I believe, because I'm a coach, that everyone can benefit from having a coach. A coach will write a training plan that is tailored to your exercise history and your injury history and your racing history. It's all about you and your goals as a runner. So that means you won't be using a generic training plan. Now, can you improve as a runner using a plan that you download off the internet for free? Of course you can. But as I talk about the critical conversations you must have, I think you'll also see how a coach can help you. I also want to point out that a coach isn't just for someone who is the type of runner you might consider faster or an elite runner. If you are new to running, a coach can be just as important to your success, especially when it keeps comes to keeping you going, keeping you motivated, and just helping you remember all those daily activities. In fact, I have run across a lot of runners That hire me because they need the accountability when they first get started because it's just really hard, as we learned last week. It's hard to develop new habits, and getting out for your daily run is for many people a new habit that they are starting. So, I'm going to walk you through some of the things that I think are really important to discuss with your coach, and I would love your feedback. I would love If you think this is all just a bunch of hooey, you can tell me that, but I really want to know too what you look for in a coach. So feel free to share that information with me as well. When you start working with a coach, they will probably ask you a bunch of questions about what your goals are. Do you have a specific race in mind? Do you have a goal related to speed or distance? Do you want to run a race or for your health? Or is there some other underlying reason? that you want to start running or that you are trying to use a coach. What is it you're trying to accomplish? They will also ask you about your past injuries, whether it's an old high school injury or a broken arm you got when you were a two-year-old in daycare. It doesn't matter. Also, current mileage, how many days a week you are currently running, how long you can run without stopping, any group runs that you want to participate in. Maybe you want to Maybe you have a favorite Saturday group run with your best friends. All of these things are important because it affects how your plan is built. They might also ask about what you do for self care. Do you do yoga or get massages? How much sleep do you get? How do you relax? Do you relax? And they will use this information to build your training plan that is tailored to you. So you start off with just in just the right place. And they might not even get that starting point right because you're just getting to know each other so there's probably going to be some back and forth only you know how your training feels and your coach isn't in that body and so you have to communicate with your coach so they know if especially starting out if they've made it challenging enough or if there's something else that you need communicate with them so that they can tweak the plan so that it feels right for your body next Be honest with your coach about what you want from your training. Your coach's ability to help you succeed depends on the communication you have with them. And if you hate long runs on Fridays and you'd prefer your long run on Saturday, ask your coach to put the long run in that Saturday slot. Don't get mad or frustrated if it keeps showing up in the Friday slot, unless you've talked to them already and it just keeps happening. And don't get frustrated and moving around on your own and get angry with your coach. Your coach has structured your plan a certain way for a reason. So if you don't like it or you're curious, be sure to ask what the reasoning is. And j- just good communication is so critical here. For example, as a general rule, you should alternate hard days and easy days. Hard days include things like your long run and any speed work days. And You shouldn't have two hard days back-to-back unless there's a reason and there's some extra recovery time that is built into the schedule somewhere. Another rule of thumb is that you only do a long run once a week, but some people, masters runners especially, might benefit from a 9-day training cycle instead of a 7-day training cycle. In a 9-day training cycle, the stress of the run is spread out over a longer time frame, So you'd be having a long run every nine days instead of seven, which gives you more rest time. And then all of your other key runs are also incorporated into that nine-day frame. There's just more time built in for recovery. And all of these things are things that you need to discuss with your coach. And part of it is personal preference. And part of it is how your body is adapting to the training. But one of the reasons you hire a coach is so they can help you manage all this stuff, all the stuff that needs to be done, and they can help you manage your training stress so that you can improve your running and reduce your risk of injury. Because we all know that if we spend our time injured and get so injured that we can't run, we'd be better off slowing down, backing off, so that we're able to run consistently rather than getting hurt and having to take long periods of time off. Here's what I've seen before, and I might have even tried it myself when I was using a coach. Don't hide workouts from your coach. Like I said in the previous point, their job is to help you manage your training stress. In some cases, they are there to protect you from yourself. I know that that was one of the things I was doing when I was using a coach was for somebody who's super type a and you tend to get competitive with your runner friends or you see somebody else doing something and you're like, oh, that could be fun. I want to double up. I want to do this. I want to do that. Your coach could be the voice of reason who holds you back and reminds you of your goals. A few years ago, I used to train at Orange Theory three, maybe four times a week. Because of the high intensity and the weights, almost every workout I've ever done at Orange Theory would be something I would consider to be a challenging workout. And that means that recovery time needs to be built built into your schedule. I hired a coach to save me from myself. Because I know that I can go crazy on the workouts when I'm focused on training for something big. I get excited and I want to do more and more and more. But if you overdo it and you don't manage the recovery, you can wind up being overtrained. That's a real thing. And when that happens, it's a huge setback because your body and your heart it needs time to recover. But in my not so smart days, instead of telling my coach about my bonus workouts, I let them think that the plan they wrote for me was all I was doing. Don't do that. Just don't. Tell them what else you were doing so that they can take that into consideration when writing your training plan. Here's another little hint that might help people take this point more seriously. Women in your 40s and older, you know that belly fat that maybe has started collecting around your midsection that won't go away? There are a lot of reasons why that fat is stubborn, but one of the things we see is that being in a chronically stressed state increases cortisol. Now, this is a very oversimplified explanation, but when your body gets too stressed, and your cortisol rises, it tells your body to make more insulin to deal with this flight or fight situation that your body perceives. And that insulin tells your body to store belly fat. So it's it's there for the next emergency. Think back to our caveman days about how we would have to get hyped up and feel that fight or flight to go capture our food or to run away from whatever was coming at us. Like I said, super oversimplified situation, but this is one reason why you need to manage your stress. I'll put a few articles on the topic of the cortisol in the show notes, but the important thing to know is that you need to manage your stress and training is also a form of life stress. And so you should let your coach know about other activities you're doing, especially if they are intense or stressful. And while we're on the topic of stress, if your life is just completely falling apart, and you are just having a hard time keeping it all together, that's something else that should be taken into consideration. You might notice that your running times get slower or that if you track your resting heart rate when you're in times of super stress, your resting heart rate rises day after day after day. And that is another sign of overtraining and a sign that your body is not adapting to the stress that you are throwing at it, whether it's coming from training or coming from your life. So if you're watching your resting heart rate and it's rising and rising and rising for several days in a row, that is a sign that you need to cut back on what you're doing and take some serious easy days or rest days until it gets back into that range that is normal for you. Another time a coach is helpful is when you have travel plans or an illness or the weather is bad and you need to switch up your training plan. A lot of runners I know will try to squeeze in an extra workout. Let's say they had a long run on Saturday, but the following week they had to travel for work all week and maybe will be unable to run from Wednesday through Sunday. I've seen people try to squeeze in that next long run run on Tuesday, just three days after their previous long run. Now, of course, how much this matters really depends on where you are in your training. But if you're in that 16 to 20 mile range of long runs, you do not want two sixteen 16-milers three days apart. So just keep these things in the back of your mind. And these are great things to involve your coach in. In a case of having two super long runs that close together, you are really better off skipping that long run and picking up right where you left off on your schedule. So if you don't get that Saturday long run in, you just wait again until the next Saturday. You also see runners doing things like this a few weeks before a race. You'll see runners who are getting nervous about their race, who suddenly want to cram in additional long runs. And this is where you trust your coach, you trust your training, and you refer to that journal that I've asked you to keep. And remember that you've done the work. Cramming extra runs in at the last minute because you feel like you're not ready, it's usually really because you're just nervous and you have all this nervous energy because you can go back and look at your training log and see that you really did put in the work. And cramming extra runs in really only makes you more fatigued and breaks down your muscles when your muscles should be recovering and you should be mentally preparing for this race that you have been spending months and months preparing for. Have you ever trained for a big race that has a Facebook group where members share their training and ask questions about the race? These are great groups for learning about the course and the expo and how things will work on race day. And you can pick up tons and tons of valuable tips. So I'm not knocking these groups. But one thing that I see often is that they can make you really insecure about your own training when you see the mileage some people are doing each week. I have so many thoughts on this topic, it could be its own podcast. Years ago, I was working with some people who were preparing for the Disney Marathon weekend and doing either the Dopey Challenge or the Goofy Challenge. And there's one where you run a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and a marathon all in the course of four days over an extended weekend. And you see all experience levels at this race, and it can be a really fun challenge to participate in but it can be really hard to support to be in those support groups with all the hype and all the personalities if you are someone who tends to compare yourself to other people it's hard no matter who you are to see someone running 100 mile weeks and then you look at your own training and remember that your plan was written for you and that your what you need to do is look at your own plan, and remember that your plan was written for you. I mean, your coach is taking your running history into account as they made your plan. But that is super hard to do when you see all these people, whether they're bragging or showboating or just really just being who they are and throwing the numbers down and showing people. It can be really intimidating because you sit there and you compare yourself. And I'm seeing this from experience because I run into people several times a year who experience this. In groups, you see people who are just plain old doing their own thing, who rack up tons of miles, and they may or may not be experienced. You don't know the people who are saying or bragging or sharing these things in these group. They might have been a runner for a long time. They might have a body that can handle tons of mileage. Or what I usually see is that they're just doing crazy stuff and there is no rhyme or reason. And... If you followed them and you knew them, you they would be one of those people that's going to get hurt before the race. Or if they're not going to get hurt for the race, they'll be the ones who can't walk for four weeks afterwards because they screwed up, I don't know, their butt, their piriformis or something, and now they can't walk and now they can't train at all and they're sitting out. I also see this on friends' Facebook posts too. People doing things that go against sound training principles. You don't want to run. A certain number of miles a week because all your friends are or because somebody beat this no pain, no gain mentality into your head. Listen to your body and do what is smart so you will be able to run for a lot of years. I know so many people who do this crazy stuff because there is pressure to keep up with friends or people we see on the internet, on the internet. But I want you to be able to run for years and years until you're old and gray and shuffling across that finish line with your girlfriends. I want you to be able to have running dates and go to amazing places and do all kinds of destination with your front trips with your friends in your old age and run amazing races together instead of sitting in a park feeding the birds from a wheelchair and and if sitting in the park feeding birds is your jam, more power to you, but for me, I want to be active as I get older and I want to be active till the final days of my life. Now I've kind of dumped a bunch of points together here, but my point there was really supposed to be don't get all wrapped up in what others are doing. Do what's right for your body so that you get to your race and you're able to rock it. Your coach also needs to know how you feel after a run. How tired are you? How do the workout seem? Did you experience any pain? You want to be aware of the difference between fatigue and pain that is consistently in the same place. If your arch hurts after every run, your coach needs to know so your plan can be adjusted. If you feel like your shin hurts every time you take a step, your coach needs to know. No pain, no gain is not a thing, at least not in running. You can have fatigue, but if there is pain that is consistent, for I would say even like three days in a row and it doesn't get better, you need to see someone. If you have consistent pain, your coach needs to know and you need to get to a medical professional. Think of these people as other members of your team. As your mileage gets up there, it might take more self-care to keep you running. And that is normal. If you address problems early, you don't take much time off as you would, you won't take as much time off as you would if you kept running until something was so painful that it hurt to take a step. Some of the people on your team might be a sports chiropractor, a physical therapist, a massage therapist, or maybe even a personal trainer who is aware that they are training you so you can run more efficiently and they understand that your goal is not for them to trash your muscles every time they work with you, but to help you get stronger and avoid muscle imbalances. But you can have a team full of people that you go to as you need, as you see a need for their services. If you keep all these people in the loop about what's going on with your training, they can even work together and piece together the mysteries of why certain body parts are hurting. Often, this is related to muscle imbalances that are caused by a lack of strength or changes in the way you move that are caused by weak or tight muscles. And really, there's... A lot of the time, it's nothing that you're specifically doing. It's just these things pop up over time. And as you get added mileage, because the little things that maybe don't matter when you're running a 5K, when you're adding more and more miles and longer and longer distances for each run, they just start to pop up. And your little muscle imbalances cause more problems as your distance increases. But Have those people on your team and talk to them and share information back and forth so that they can kind of use their own knowledge to help you put together the little pieces and give you questions to ask. I have a guy I'm working with who has an ankle and foot problem right now. And so he went to see his doctor and the doctor put him in a brace. And so I gave him a bunch of questions. I said, when you go for your follow-up appointment, ask these questions because we need to know how that doctor wants you to proceed. If they want you to run, if they want you to ease back into running, if they have a strength plan for you so that you can strengthen those muscles that are causing this issue. Another thing your coach can help you with is awareness of any thought problem, thought patterns that are not serving your goals. Maybe you're new to running and you can't seem to get out of bed in the morning and that's the only time of day you're starting to get your run in. Or maybe you know that drinking wine makes you sluggish, but you aren't ready to give up your Friday night on the town with your buddies. Or maybe you see a hill and you panic and you just have it in your mind that you're not good on hills. Whatever it is, these thoughts that pop into your head that work against you can be recorded in your journal and shared with your coach so those two of you can come up with a strategy to move beyond the thoughts that are holding you back. And they can, and they can help you come up with a strategy that works with your goals and your lifestyle. Now, a final thing that you should talk to your coach about is something that I also struggle with. All runners, but especially runners over 40, need to be doing a warm-up, strength work, stretching, and mobility work. They also need to have a good night's sleep, and they need scheduled recovery days. And if you are skipping these things, you should let your coach know that you're not really doing it, so that you can talk about how to work it into your life, or talk about why you're resistant to doing the things I know for me, it's a mindset thing. In the past, I felt like I'm procrastinating when I do these things. I'll start my warm up and then I'll think, oh, geez, I'm just just in the house goofing around. I just need to get outside and run. This is wasting my time. I need to hit the road. And that's because runners like to run and they want to run all the time. Many years ago, I worked with a trainer who helped fix this issue I had with my leg. My left foot would nearly kick my right calf each time I took a step. So we worked on lots of exercises to fix the muscle imbalances that I had. And I absolutely hated being in the gym, watching my friends do hardcore strength work while I was doing what felt like basic physical therapy moves. But those moves were necessary and what my body needed at the time. But here's the thing. Pick any elite athlete who you love and do some searches about how they train. You will find that they all spend time on these things that a lot of us consider the boring things or the baby things because they keep them healthy and able to run. I recently purchased and read the book Meb for Mortals and read about Meb's training. In the book, he shares his drills and stretches and strength work. And I think if someone as incredible as Meb, who has had a fantastic career, and won the 2014 Boston Marathon just two weeks before his 39th birthday with a time that was also a personal best, if these things helped Meb get results like that, who are we to think these little things won't benefit the rest of us? That's a pretty good list of things that I think are worth discussing with your coach. Remember your coach is someone you've hired to be in your corner to support you, to help you plan, to help you work through challenges, and all those mental things that we experience as we train. And speaking for myself, I feel like I do my best job coaching people who come to me with questions or ideas that they want to discuss, and who list more than just their mileage on their Garmin or their Garmin upload in their training logs, and if I don't know that someone is fatigued or not feeling confident or doesn't even have the desire to run anymore, I can't help. And I really, really care. I truly care about each of the people I coach. And I want them to run the races that they have poured their hearts into. And I want them to get to race day happy, healthy, and strong, knowing that they have given it their all. And hopefully, maybe even learned a few things about themselves that will carry over into other aspects of their lives. I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic, what you look for in a coach, what you don't want to talk to your coach about. Throw it all at me. I want to hear it. If you want to share, post on any of my social media posts or send me an email at coachkim at com, and let's connect. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. It would help me a ton if you would go over to iTunes, give this podcast five stars if you think it deserves it, and maybe even give me a little review. Thank you so much and have a great week. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run. And you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe as a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.